This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Hola. Hello. This call is being translated. Abuela, listen to what my phone can do. Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede hacer. Wow. Ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow. Now tell me about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I said. Language is no longer a barrier. Thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at Samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer. Hello and welcome to The Rest is Football. I'm Gary Lineker and I'm joined by my two favourite co-hosts, uh, the only two I've got on this, obviously, <laughs> Alan Shearer and Micah Richards. Now, before we get started in answering your questions, we have a special one from a certain Will Shearer, <laughs> who wants to know what happened to his dad's trainers. Uh, would you care to elaborate, Alan? Oh, I had to eat a bit of humble pie yesterday when I um, I got back to the car after my blowing my top and I, uh, to my son. He actually didn't nick my trainers. They're in the back of my boot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I got to the uh, I got to the tennis tournament and um, I had to give him a big fat apology. Um, luckily, I didn't have to run around with my new trainers, so. Um, I've got no blisters, but I am so stiff this How morning. How did you get on, Alan? Move. I got to the quarterfinals and got dumped out of the quarterfinals. So, How um, many people were in it? Eight? No, there was loads <laughs> of people. There was loads of people in it. Um, yeah. it. The quality just got better at each round and I got found out. I just I just get, there's nothing to it at all. I just got it, I just get it over the net tennis. Yeah. That's all that mattered. But I got dumped out of the semi in the quarterfinals, but I'm so sore this morning. Andy Murray beat you. Andy Murray, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How was your day off, Micah? Bank holiday Monday? Oh, it, there, was, there was Leeds Carnival going on. So I was debating whether I go down there and hold a couple of wines, you know what I mean, guy? But no, I decided to stay home. Leeds has a carnival. Uh, Leeds? Like, like Notting Hill carnival? It's like Notting Hill, but there's one in Leeds, one in Manchester, one in Birmingham, all different times. But I think Leeds and London are always on the same day, normally the 28th of August. So I was debating that, but no. Big Meeks never went to the rave. <laughs> Can't believe I'm it. I'm older now. I'm older now. I'm mature now. Uh, Any got... chance of acting it then? <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get cracking. Um, we've got lots of um, questions to get through. Once again, a, a huge thank you uh, to all of you uh, for sending them in. We've we've had hundreds and hundreds, so it's difficult to get down to a few, um, but we'll, we'll do our best to, to answer as many as we can. Um, let's start with 
Oliver Tudge. How much thought did you give to your celebrations and what is the worst celebration you have seen? <laughs> Honest to God, let me go first because Alan Shearer's celebration is the worst I've ever seen. Well, you've seen it 422 fucking times. <laughs> it's shocking. I mean, no, seriously, Alan, seriously. So like... All them goals, you couldn't come up with something. All you did is basically put your hand up like that. And then there was a, a one where there was two hands. I mean, it was so basic. What's up if with it, you, Micah Richards? It's unique. It's very different. <laughs> different. It was I, there. It was everyone, just the one arm. Was no. I mean, I couldn't do any somersaults. I'd have been out injured for six months and all that rubbish. Yeah. Just run away the arm in the air. What Simple about the comedian? Effective. The comedian who did the celebration in slow motion. Oh, how good was that? Shall I try and do your celebration in <laughs> slow on, motion? Micah. Go on, Micah, in okay. slow motion. Um, we, we might need to send that out as a clip because it won't work on a podcast. <laughs> it looks as if you're sitting on the, the toilet. <laughs> Uh, oh, I don't think I need to explain what that was. Um, in Alan's, you know, defence on this, I, I will say that his celebration eventually became an emoji. Yeah, didn't uh, it? Which you use on every all the time, all I love the time. It. Nothing to do with me, by the way. I didn't suggest that. It just I loved it when it came up, so I use it all the time. Yeah. Was was the emoji bald as well? Because I don't think the emoji... <laughs> I don't think the emoji's bald, Alan. You can create your own one, though, Mike, if you want. Yeah. Get your little bald emoji. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, oh, let's, really? uh, let's move on. Um, which current Premier League manager would all three of you love to have played under? Not necessarily the club they manage, but the manager himself. This is from... Retro Kenneth, and he says, you can't say Pep because that's too easy. Mm. But I think we probably all would have said Pep. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go first with um, <laughs> to, to Jurgen Klopp. I think he'd be a great manager to play for dynamic football, create loads of chances, and from a selfish perspective, which is always the case for any centre forward, um, I think I'd, I'd, I would have liked that. Uh, I'll probably go Pochettino. I was just going to say that myself. very man. good at developing young players. Okay, he's not won anything. Uh, we, we, well, he didn't win anything with, with Spurs. But I just believe he's a man manager as well. He'll put your arm around you. And I think he'd develop me. Do you so need I that, Alan? A little bit of love, a little bit of affection? <laughs> Micah does. I was, uh, as you know, I, I spoke to him at length last week and I was so impressed with him and I totally get and understand. And I've spoken to one or two Spurs players, um, Harry included, in terms of how he looks after you, how he protects you, how he wants to be involved in, in not just your football career, but your life and how he wants to sort of look after you. I just think as a, as a, as a manager, man manager, I was really impressed. And I came out thinking, I totally get why players would run through a brick, brick wall for him. Brilliant. Uh, one from Joseph Hernan or Hernan. After Sunday's game, who should start up top for Liverpool? Gakpo drops deep and plays that Bobby role really well. Jota does that, but not as effective and gets into the box more. And uh, the Nunez uh, is just a beast and is a goal scorer, almost a proper number nine. 
who starts for you guys. I just want to do something first because we talked, didn't we, the other day about how to say uh, Nunez or Nunez or... N- <laughs> and he does have a little wiggle over his, it his does. head. I he does! I know he did! I know he did, after, after we did Gary. it, so my apologies for getting that wrong. Um, but 10 points for anyone that can name what that little squiggle is called. Oh, there's no chance. I've got no, no chance, chance of either. It's called a tilde. A tilde? T-I-L-D-E. Um, I looked it up because I couldn't... I, describing it as a squiggly thing was was not good enough for our listeners. <laughs> it really wasn't. So, well, I think after a Sunday's performance, um, I think we'd all start with, with Nunez up front, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely would. I would have started with him uh, last season as well, persisted with him because when he was at Benfica, he was dynamic, but most of his runs were down the left-hand channel. So I thought, okay, how's he going to fare like playing sort of as a number nine and going into that left-hand space? But Diaz is quality and Salah's always going to get your goals. So I don't understand why Nunez has not been, or Nunez has not been given more of a, a run in the team. You know, where like do you 10, play Salah though? Salah on the right. Salah, Salah on the Salah right. where he always plays. Where right. he always plays on and the right. And then down the middle. Diaz on the left and Nunez up front. And the good thing about that is Diaz... Is, is right-footed, so he can he can go either way, he can drive inside, and Nunez can still make them runs down the left-hand channel. So I think the balance could be right. I would agree with that. I mean, there's no way he can't play after what he did at the weekend. He's got to be back in the in the start in 11, hasn't he? Um, he was deadly when he came on. I mean, I know Harvey Elliott and, uh, and Jota did really well when they came on, but those two finishes were just sensational. So he has to start. Um, then it's up to him. I mean, he, he can't he can't miss as many chances as he did last season. You would think and hope that this has to kickstart his Liverpool career again, doesn't it? Um, I think so. Um, I, I really expect him to start. It's interesting though, sometimes players react better to being what, what they call now an impact sub, don't they? Which leads me to another question actually from Andy Foz Footy. Who is the best impact sub that you ever played with? Oh, impact sub I ever played with. If, if they were that good, they wouldn't I be was going to say that, yeah. That's I was, but I know what he means. It's it's tough though, Guy, because when we was at Man City, we had Balotelli, Dzeko, uh, Tevez and Aguero. They all can't play. And we, we played sometimes one up front and sometimes two. More often than not, it was Tevez and Aguero until... Tevez decided to go on a, a golfing trip for, for six months. <laughs> <laughs> but do, do you remember that? Do you remember that Tevez going away? Yeah, what was that? What actually, what happened there? So so basically, do you remember we was away against Bayern Munich in the Champions League and Tevez was on the, the, on the bench in that game and Mancini told him to go warm up. And Tevez had been warming up like multiple times. And then Tevez sat down like, I'm ready to go on if needed. And Man- Mancini told him to go warm up again. And he's like, I'm, I'm warm. So, <laughs> so it's like, Tevez is like, seriously, I'm, I'm fine to go on. Then Mancini, he was so hot-headed. He was just like, and I was, I was right back. So I heard absolutely everything. <laughs> it's like, Destiny Katso, you would never play with me again. And went to the changing room afterwards. And honestly, it was like a, a Royal Rumble fight where like <laughs> really? Mancini's trying to get to Tevez. Tevez is saying, F off. Like, and then <laughs> you've got, you've got company trying to calm everyone down. And then like, you see who's really your friend when someone like that goes on. Who's side were you on, Big Mix? 
Oh, uh, you know what? I was on the side of uh, Mancini because I wanted to play, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Some teammate you were, yeah. <laughs> How embarrassing is that? Honestly? Creeping around the manager. Oh, I'm on your side, boss. The best super sub was David Fairclough at Liverpool. Yeah, famously, wasn't it? he was. Yeah. He originated the name, the I believe. Same, yeah, super, uh, super sub. Yeah. sub. Yeah. He always scored when he came on. You heard him, Micah? I've heard of him, but I've not heard. Go on, tell me a little bit yeah, about. Yeah, he was. Him. Uh, that's where it sort of came from with him because he, whenever he came on, he he always did something. He always was scored a goal. So that's where the super sub came from because uh, he he hardly ever. Well, he didn't start a lot of the time. And that was um, that was his uh, his job basically come on and score. And most of the times he did. Fantastic. Uh, I've got a question from James Peter, who I presume is a West Ham fan. Uh, he says uh, there was quite a lot of negativity going into the season around West Ham. Seems to me that they've spent the Rice Gamaka Vlasic money really well and look a much better balanced and more competitive squad than last year. Top half rather than mid table finish. Um. No, I'd still have them in and around mid-table. It's, well, yeah, top mid-table. half can nine, be nine, ten, eleven, mid-table. nine, ten, eleven, Eight, something nine, like that. I, yeah. I would, uh, I would think um, they've yeah, had a decent they, start. You know, yeah. They've had yeah. a really good start to the yeah. Played counter-attacking football at the weekend that, that worked against Brighton. Yeah, they've um, and and I think away from home, that's what they're going to do. Um, that's how David will set them up, David Moyes. And it, they look they look together, which is um, which is certainly one thing. Um, I mean, we were a bit concerned early on, weren't we, when they hadn't made any signings or spent any money. Um, and there's still a few days left, so I would think they would, uh, they would get another one or two in as well. But they've had a decent start. I think the signings have been excellent. I think Ward Prowse with his delivery and his ready-made. So when you bring in players to a West Ham or a Brighton or Southampton when they was in the prep, they always had a way of trying to have a different strategy that bringing in players that not everyone knew about and that they could develop them and potentially try sell them on. But getting Ward Prowse in, who's ready-made, can take set pieces, works hard, getting kudos in from Ajax. And we've seen Alvarez play the other day. Just, he could play centre-half and he could play centre-mid. And no one's talking about Rice anymore. I think it was better for the team moving forward because they were so reliant on just one player. I think the signings have been excellent. I wouldn't disagree with that at all. Right, one from Matt Corder. If all three of you could bottle up a feeling from your career to relive, which moment would that be? Ooh, good question. Um, Ooh, I think I'd actually go for the game where I didn't score and missed a penalty, or should I say it was brilliantly saved, um, the FA Cup final win with Tottenham in 1991. Um, having lost in the all-Merseyside Cup final in '86, when I did score... Um, the opening goal and thought, oh, I might end up being scoring the only goal in an FA Cup final and ended up losing 3-1. I was so desperate to win it. It was kind of towards the end of my career as well, um, having never really uh, won anything in um, English football. So that was that was absolutely magical. Go on, Micah. QPR game, last game of the season, 3-2. Oh, yes. And, and it was just... An amazing day, the highs, the lows, the the everything. But he started the actually the day before. So Mancini was superstitious and we'd we'd gone on a, a run where we were winning all our games. I remember winning up 2-0 at Newcastle. Yaya Tori scored both goals. All we had to do was beat QPR. 
at home. And I'm thinking to the, am I going to be starting all through the season? I was Manchidi's guy, you know? But he's well, not sort surprised. of you creep all at- over him all the time. <laughs> <it sounds about. laughs> and then, yes, Roberto, no, the- Roberto. Maxwell, Roberto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the day of the game, the day of the game, I've never been through so many emotions in my life. So, in we get called into the room. We have our pre-match or whatever. We go into the, the room where he's right in the team. And I'm always a second player if I'm going to get picked because when you're right on the board, it's always a goalkeeper and then you start right with the back, right yeah. back. He's wrought in Joe Hart. And I've never watched someone so closely <laughs> what letter he's going to write. So he, P, if he P. starts, <laughs> if he starts on the left, it means he's gonna write a Z or a Z and go straight across. If he starts in the middle or at the end and goes down first, it's gonna write an R for Richards. And what did he do? He goes across like that. Zorro. Zab, Zabaletta. <laughs> Honestly. He's had some I, impact on your he, career, he really Zabaletta, has, hasn't he's he? He's had some impact on my life. And I just thought, Fuck this! But I, <laughs> I was going in there. I was shocking in the warm up. I didn't do the warm up properly. I was doing like skills, which I have no skills. So basically, I was just kicking the ball up and have it is what I was doing. <laughs> and then, um, did you not go back in and say, "Oh, uh, Mr. Mancini, I really respect your decision. You're such a great coach." <laughs> Mancini, the thing is though, he wouldn't even make eye contact with me because he know he knew he knew what he'd done. And what happens into the game? What happens? Zabaleta scores the first goal. <laughs> did you cheer and jump up off the bench? Did I? Did I cheer? <laughs> Gary, you know what? We need to get we need to get the video of him sat there. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I, I've, I've never been so angry in all my life. And then fast forward, obviously, they, they score again. And I always think with Manchini always used to go start with a four and then go to a five. But he was chasing the game. So even more, I know I'm not going to get on the pitch because he needs to put attacking players on there. And then QPR score. My feelings change. All right, it's not about me. It's about the team. Then they score again. And all my feelings about myself just went out the window. And it was about the, about the team then. Then Jekko comes and scores. And then Aguero scores. And it was just like, I was in paradise. It was like, the, it was like everything was in slow motion. It was jubilation. It was disappointment. We, we thought that when anger. we saw you play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, can you imagine being bombed out for the biggest and uh, best moment in Premier League history? Uh, that's what I mean. I can't, I can't sleep. <laughs> you know what? You know what pisses me off more than anything? Oh, what was it like to play in that QPR yeah, game? Uh, I, I, I just, I just don't you've answer got the o- You've got over it then? No, I've not fucking yeah. got over it. <laughs> right. Go on, Alan. Um, well, you've heard about the goal, so I'm not going to say that. I think that Neuro 96 was, I know it, was, it wasn't a great ending, but that month was just magical. The team spirit, Terry Venables, the atmosphere at Holland and Scotland games was magical. So Euro 96 for me, it was just incredible. Perfect. Let's take a little break. Hola. Hello. This call is being translated. Abuela, listen to what my phone can do. 
Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede hacer. Wow. Ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow. Now tell me about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I said. Language is no longer a barrier thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to The Rest is Football with uh, me, Gary Lineker, Micah Richards and Alan Shearer. We're answering um, your questions. Uh, before we do, I just want to um, ask you both if you saw the, well, I sent it in our group chat, the Robbie Williams Postacoglu <laughs> song. I played that in front of everyone yesterday, you yeah. know, the, um, the thing we had and everyone was laughing. It was, how good is it? It's brilliant, For those it? of you who haven't um, perhaps heard it or seen it on social media, um, media. Robbie Williams has, has, has posted a song, um, <laughs> Angel's song, in a version <laughs> of Ange uh, Postacoglu. And uh, if you can hear it, um, have a listen. It's it's brilliant. It really is. It's great. And Tottenham fans, you yeah. have got to sing that in the stadium. You've got to learn <laughs> those words and sing that in the stadium, I think. Um, um, I've got a question, actually, and it, it comes from um, someone I know, a, a certain JD, who is a Manchester United fan and he wants to ask you, Alan, and in fact, he wants to more actually tell you something. He went, does Alan know that it's not actually true that Manchester United fans hate him? They really don't. He said, um, if you'd have come to Manchester United, we'd have won more trophies and we'd have been a better team and we have a bit of fun at your expense, obviously, but they don't hate you. JD, that your mate JD, he knows his stuff. He knows his, <laughs> he knows that they would have gone on to win multiple European Cups. As... <laughs> no, uh, that's nice. I've got one from Ben Miller. What's your favourite goal you've ever scored? Micah, that's a lot easier for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Gary. Uh, it was on the uh, Let's Go the FA Cup. Yeah. You guys must have been doing the, the show, was you not? Man City against Villa. Oh, maybe. Uh, was I think it we, I think round we of 16? And Joey Barton, we get a corner last minute, all through the game. I'd been hit, I think I hit one off the crossbar, one off the post, and then it was a last minute in the game. Joey Barton lofts one in, and I score against Villa, bullet header. And that was the goal. Yeah, my, that's when my life changed after that goal. Yeah. So I've got, yeah, I've got to say that goal. That was the bursting on the scene goal. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. Alan. Mine has to be, um, nah, you've heard it before, breaking. My dad's hero was yes. Jackie Milburn. 
So, and it has stood for so long, the record at Newcastle. So the feeling that day for me coming from Newcastle, scored it at the Gallagher end where I stood as a kid. I wish I could have bottled that feeling up that day because it was just sensational. So yeah, that day. Mine would be um, 1986 and the first um, goal against Poland in the World Cup. Um because it changed my life really. I'd gone five or six games without a goal for England and we'd started badly in that World Cup and then it was everything was on the line against Poland and and I, it wasn't the greatest goal in the world, but it was a typical poacher's goal. Like run at the near post, get it in. And after that, I scored two more. Got a hat-trick, which I hate to mention, obviously. <laughs> um, um, and that first goal though, without that, who knows, we might have been knocked out. That might have never played for England again. Um, I wouldn't have certainly probably gone to Barcelona at the end of the World Cup. My life changed with that goal. Um, and it was the most unbelievable feeling as well to the first isn't goal it, in the isn't World it, Cup. Isn't it mad, isn't it, how your life can change by scoring one goal? It's like, it, it is, it is, it's crazy, isn't it? Like you just put it in the back of the net and then from that moment onwards, your life is totally different because of that moment. It's mad, isn't it? The world's a better place when you're scoring goals. No, but can I ask you quickly before we move, how did you lot deal with that fame and fortune? Because Alan, let's let let's be honest. About three, four years ago, I thought you was a moody bastard. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Say what you think, Micah. Why <laughs> you speak the but, truth, Micah? But actually, you're actually really funny, really engaging, super nice. So did you sort of have your guard up, is what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I think... Yeah, I do. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty shy. You know, I'm pretty. When you, when I go into a room full of people, it's like I'm sort. Of, I am pretty shy, and I have got my guard up because you just never know in football. Football, footballs, you know what it's like. But, He'd heard yeah. of your reputation, Michael. That was the problem. <laughs> he was terrified of going on a night out with you or something. I wish I'd have gone on a few nights out with you, Michael. That's for sure, definitely. Yeah. There's still time. Yeah. Um, the previous one leads me to this. How did Micah get on with Joey Barton when they shared a dressing room at City and the same for Alan at Newcastle? Right, this will be interesting. Well, I was uh, I was the manager at Newcastle only for eight games, and Joey Barton was injured for the first four games. So four games left. He said to me the weekend before, "Is it all right if I go to London because I want to go to the semi final? I think Everton were playing." And I think mm, Joey in London. So I said, "No, <laughs> there's a there's a real chance you could be playing next week. So I don't want you going." Anyway, I get in Monday morning. I get a call. Joey had been to London, <laughs> so that was my that was my first that was my first test. Thinking, okay, how do I handle this? Do I get him in? Do I find him? Do I? I thought, you know what, the best way is just let it ride. So just saying nothing. Don't I don't want to cause an argument or a fight. Anyway, he trained really well the whole week. So I said to him on the yeah, uh, if you, if it goes well, then you're gonna you, there's a chance you'll start. So at, at Anfield. So I pulls him in on. Thursday morning, I said, look, training's gone that well. Uh, if tomorrow goes well, you're going to start. Are you all right with that going to Anfield? He said, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd love to, love to. So we go to Anfield. We get absolutely fucking battered. 3-0. They hit the bar four times, I think. So there's about 20 minutes left. And I, I, I looked and I said, look, we'll get we'll get Joey off. He hasn't played for a while. And a minute later, just as we're about to take him off, he snaps Xavi Alonso in half in front of the cop. <laughs> Straight red card. That's him fucking suspended for the next three games. 
So I thought, uh, do you know what? I looked after him for the week and, and that was it. I, I thought in the dressing room, that's it. I'm going to give him both barrels as the, as the manager. So I went in there and the, an almighty fight and argument broke out. And he walked out and he never came home on the coach and I never seen him again. <laughs> you had a scrap. Well, not a scrap. I just told him what I thought and yeah. he, he gave a bit back and yeah. he walked out the dressing room, never came back in the dressing room. Don't know how he got home. What did he say to you? He, that was it. He, I just said I said what I had to say and he chucked a bottle of whatever it was across the dressing room, <laughs> got up, walked out and never seen him again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he was suspended for the next three games. I think, okay, now thanks very much. It's like a rom-com that. I thought you were going to come <laughs> up with a happy ending. There was no happy ending, as you know. <laughs> Micah, what was he like with you? How did you get on with him? I'm completely opposite to you. He was the nicest, most helpful person. I was only young coming into the team when Man City was, and he protected me from everything, even Danny Mills. And we've got to talk about Danny Mills just for, just for a on. second. So Danny Mills was the right back at Man City when I was there and he had a, a bad injury with his knees or his ankle or whatever. And I got in it right back and then he could never get back in. So he started being awkward, being awkward to me, like being horrible, oh, I'm not that good. And there was one time two years later, you know, when all the money came, was in the dressing room and was sat down, I was getting some treatment. It's about two, three years later. He knew the physios because I've dealt him all, all through his, um, career at Man City. And he comes in front of everyone. Rabidio was there, Alana was there, all the big hitters. And he said, what the fuck are you still doing here? Like, and I've never wanted to punch someone as much as, <laughs> as, as, as that moment. And the worst thing is now, he lives in Harrogate just down the road from me. But, <laughs> but, but, but like, he pretends like, he didn't treat me that way, so I don't acknowledge it and just pretend everything's all right. Well, he knows but now. Not, but, but yeah, I, I hope he knows now. Make sure you send this direct to him. I want an apology ASAP. Yeah. Because I'm not Little Meeks no more, I'm Big Meeks. Big Meeks. Well, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that meeting. Oh. Fantastic. Um, uh, one from Evan Phillips, a question for all. If you went back and started your careers again, what position would you like to play? And it can't be the same as before. Because oh. I think me and Alan would definitely have gone. I can't imagine playing anywhere it has else. To, it has to be It has to be anywhere along the forward line. If it's not going to be centre forward, then it has to be somewhere else because you have to score goals. There is not a better feeling in the world, whatever you do, than scoring a goal. Correct, Gary? Absolutely. And it's funny, I had a conversation once with, with Michael Owen about this for, for a documentary I made um, way back. And we discussed that feeling and how it's irreplaceable in life. Now, even in what we do now, whether we're doing the podcast or whether we're working on Match of the Day or whatever, there's a camaraderie. You get that kind of same dressing room feel. It's smaller. You can replace that, can't you? And the banter and all those things. But the one thing that you can't is that euphoric, joyous, magical explosion of different emotions that you get uh, when you score a goal. And and and, my, and I said to Michael, because he obviously he trains horses. I said, what about when one of your horses wins a big race? Is is that the equivalent? He went, it's still not even close. Mm. I think I think there's a there's a part of me that thinks there's why so many 
footballers after their career they go chasing that drug and the sooner and the quicker they realize they're never ever going to get a feeling like that the, the better it is for, the, for for themselves because there's there's no point whatever you do in your life what, whatever i've done you're never going to get that feeling that you get of when you that it hit the what back what about of the when you found your trainers in the car though <laughs> no that was a big <laughs> apology that was we better answer the question we better oh, yeah. answer the question. Um, any, any any position along the forward line yeah, for me, I'd, it has I'd, to be. I'd probably go in the right wing. I actually played my first 30-odd games there for Leicester um, when I got in because um, they saw something in me but couldn't get me in um, in the position that um, I, I wanted to play in. And also I played their whole season in Barcelona when Cruyff stuck me out wide. So, um, And it's quite easy. It's so much easier in, in some ways because you just knock it and cross it and knock it and cross it and you have to chase back a bit. But apart from Did that... Did you used to play for Barcelona? <laughs> Did you not... Were you not aware, Alan? No, well, yeah. I didn't. I forgot. Uh, yeah, well, I, I must mention that. it more frequently. All right. <laughs> uh, Micah, where would you play? Uh, I'll keep it uh, nice and brief. I would go goalkeeper. What? <laughs> Well, you are fucking loopy, so yeah. <laughs> I would just love that challenge of get past me, you know? Can you beat me and just like giving it to strikers if I save the penalty or anything like that. So I'm going to say goalkeeper. Okay, brilliant. We've got one from um, John, J-O-N. That could be a lot of people. Uh, what's the worst defeat and feeling you felt as a player? Oh, FA Cup finals. Yeah. I'd go semi. What are you, what are go you fucking world, laughing at, Micah? I'd go World <laughs> Cup semi final. Yeah. That, was, that was absolutely heart wrenching. Um, the silence in the dressing room after the game was. Uh, oh, it was just extraordinary, really. Very poignant. Um, painful, isn't it? It is so painful. It goes, goes so close as well and to lose on penalties. And I remember seeing poor Stuart Pearce was distraught and in tears and Chris Waddle. And you couldn't say anything to them. You just put your arm on the shoulder and all that. And it was just so sombre. And we're in that dressing room and it was it just felt just so down. And then we we, we got on <laughs> we got on the team bus after and there was... There was for the first time they gave us a few beers and they were going round and and we started trying. we had this thing during Italia 90 where we, we'd sing that that song you know Doe a deer a female deer and all that I don't know why it was Gazza and Waddle I think started it and then we're on the coach and we had a beer and the bus started going back and then you could just hear at the back of the bus someone went Doe a deer a female <laughs> and then gradually everyone started to join in and we all sang their song and it actually was it, I know this sounds pathetic but it was actually quite quite emotional and quite teary but it kind of brought that spirit together that we we, we knew we'd done ourselves proud but we hadn't quite made it that's a that's a sad story. Well, we can't finish on a sad story, so cheer us up, Micah. Although it's a sad question because it's it is a sad question. Okay, two thousand and seven qualifiers, England versus Croatia. Oh, all crikey. we need to do, all we need to do, is draw the game and we go into the Euros. It's as simple as that. Croatia at home, goalkeeping error. Scott Carson, bless him. Scott oh. Carson. And the team we had that day, we had, I don't think we had any Rio, 
Any John Terry. It was like a mixed bag team. Beckham was on the bench. It was just, it was all over the place. But we thought we could get a draw. That was the Broly um, game, wasn't it? Wally, Wally with the, the Broly. Oh, McLaren. Steve McLaren. It yeah. was, oh, I, <laughs> that was terrible. My, I think my player rating after that game at best was a two. <laughs> you were that good, right? It was a two, but I blame Scott Carson. <laughs> I blame him. I'm sorry. He's at Man City now, taking on accolades, getting the treble winners. Medal, and after, all medal, the medal after medal. And he cost me a million quid. He, <laughs> <laughs> he cost me a million pounds sterling. Not euros, not pesos, not francs. That was my bonus. Get to the euros. So much appearances for England. You get more money on your contract for Man City. Did you never what play for it? England again? I played, but I was a bit part player. As soon as Capello came in, yeah, yeah I was one of the players who we. Uh, you'd only, you'd only have blown it in Ibiza, Micah. But it would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have got at least two nights out, wouldn't you? Exactly. <laughs> for, for that. Well, that, we, that's just slightly, uh, I don't know whether that's a cheery note or not, but it's certainly a, a, amusing. Um, that's it for today's episode. We'll be back on Friday, Premier League deadline day, where we have a very special guest coming on. Uh, we'll be joined by the one and only uh, Fabrizio Romano to discuss all things transfers. But that's the end of this episode and I feel a little bit sad but do do goodbye from me <laughs> goodbye from me goodbye from me <laughs>